Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And uh, again, this is the first Sunday without Vikings football. Uh, Lots of other football, but no Vikings football for the first time in quite some time and will be the uh for for a long time uh moving forward now now as well now we've got a long long waiting game yeah i mean august right and even then the games aren't even real it's just preseason which i mean still for it is but yeah january through to august there's a long but then so that's a long wait for vikings football and yet on the other hand sam doesn't it feel like so the when you're in the season or in the playoffs the it's not like hockey or baseball where you have multiple games in a week. Like you have one single event and that kind of anchors the, you know what I mean? Not, not that that's your, your, the discussion points are just, you have to talk about that, but that kind of anchors the week's focus in a lot of ways. And then of course, what, you know, the game that's yet to come, but once you get out of that, the kind of interest can just kind of spiral into all kinds of other different things, which maybe we'll get into a little bit. Um, so even though the Viking season is, is done, the Vikings intrigue, has probably never been higher. Well, that's right. Because again, I think certainly some of what's happened in the playoffs uh, makes some uh, fans, especially if you look at the NFC North, uh, you yeah. have some some yeah. thoughts, yeah. questions, uh, seeing where these playoff teams are and figuring out, okay, what do the Vikings need to do to be able to be one of these teams uh, yep. moving forward? Because I think that still continues to be the hope, although some may disagree. Um let, let's start, though, with Vikings and, and move our way towards maybe some of the general NFL uh, work. And I think when you look at what's happened for the Vikings, again, no, despite what some may have wanted, uh, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Dofomensa still have their jobs uh, and they had a press conference. Uh, and so maybe just for those who haven't seen it, or maybe even for those that have, for you, what yeah. was the pieces that kind of stuck out to you or, or anything that they mentioned that was like, okay, this maybe gives a bit of a direction or an understanding as to what they're <laughs> thinking or maybe even where they're going? Yeah, so they kind of tip their hands, maybe not too, or not accurate. That might be too, I don't know what, but they kind of suggested that for when it comes to Jefferson and Hunter and Cousins, they're looking to do a deal with three, right? Jefferson, we've kind of long known because it's been like a year now where ownership, management, coaching staff have all been saying they want a new deal for this guy. It still hasn't happened, obviously. Uh, um, but basically, Quasi Dofomensa confirming, already been in touch with Jefferson's agent, already been kind of just kind of getting those gears turning again, expect a deal to get done before too long. And then, you know, within that, and we, we can talk about this maybe on the next podcast episode where we talk about the Vikings resources. But within extension, there is the potential to kind of free up around 15 million or so in cap space in the immediate. So you could actually get two birds stoned at once, as they say, insofar as you keep Jefferson around long term and you kind of give yourself more money in the immediate. Right. And Jefferson, I mean, Quasi didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah, we want to extend them because we can get all this cap space now. But those are kind of the implications lying underneath some of this beyond just keeping an elite player on your team throughout his 20s, right? And then with Hunter and Cousins, he was very complimentary. I mean, of course, he's always talking about, 
you know, a variety of factors and there's age and there's injury and there's constraints within the budget and so on and so forth. But he also is praising Hunter for his hustle and effort on the field, praising Hunter for how he takes care of his body off the field. And then O'Connell is sure to chime in at the very end and say, hey, he was a team captain this year. And that kind of really was important for him. And we noticed, I think he said tremendous growth, right? In, in this, in, in him taking this on this, you know, very formal leadership role of actually having a C on his chest, right? So, you know, there's this sense that not only are they complimentary, but they're, you know, they're, they're kind of doing some work here publicly saying, hey, these are the kind of guys we want to have on our team. One, they're talented football players, but we're basically, we're talking about three team captains, Jefferson Hunter and um, Cousins cornerstone players you know what i mean one for the defense one for the offense cousins obviously is offense as well but qb kind of transcends the normal position to a certain extent because it's so unbelievably important uh and i mean quasi even said that you know he said he said he said that is you know obviously it is the most important position in football and he explicitly said our intention is to bring him back we we want to have him back. but then he also so again there's a variety of factors and he doesn't want to take on too much risk i.e. or translation being you know we're not going to give him four years guaranteed you know 40 million dollars a year there's going to be some sort of middle ground he mentioned this a middle ground where they kind of meet and try to hammer out some sort of deal me personally i'd kind of expect like a two maybe three year deal 35 to 40 million or so per year kind of thing but again we'll just kind of kind of see what casey and kirk decide but there's that's kind of, I think, in a lot of ways, kind of like one of the major takeaways, those three players, one of whom is still under contract, Jefferson's still under contract, but you don't want to let him go into that final year, right? You really don't. That'd be a disaster in a lot of ways. And then Cousins and Hunter as well. Vikings want to keep all three. That, that to me, is probably the major, major thing coming out of the press conference. Yeah, for sure. I think those are, uh, you can make an argument for where they fall in terms of best and i think best is hard to always define but uh yeah very very important and all had great seasons again cousins mm-hmm. and jefferson limited because of injury but when they were yeah. around uh when all those all those guys are are there uh it makes mm-hmm. this team competitive uh yep and so uh yeah i again i maybe i'll, I'll stay away from the quarterback conversation too much because i think we'll have lots there but yeah. I think one thing to say on that is that whether people like Kirk Cousins or not, it does feel like more so almost now than ever, people are on board with him being around and knowing yep. what uh, that that he likely is the guy, at least yep. for the next year, um, maybe two, maybe three, like you mentioned. Well, we'll see. Uh, but it does feel like he is... He is the guide, regardless of what they do at the draft this year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for a little while, and I've written about this on PTSD, others, I mean, I'm not the only one who holds this opinion. The best thing the Vikings could do, probably, just my opinion, would be to re-sign Cousins, or extend Cousins, and draft a quarterback. And kind of marry those two worlds, competitive rebuilds, all taking place. You're, com- you're competitive with Cousins, you're rebuilding with the young fella. Right, and you're and you're kind of proceeding in that manner, um, just seems to make too much sense. Now, I don't think they should force it at pick eleven. If if there's someone there who isn't worthy of being the eleventh pick, then goodness, 
draft a corner for goodness or frig like get an edge rusher right like you don't have to force it at 11 but you really do want to have a young dude in the building at some point in this next year beyond even beyond even just jaron hall right who they do still like um but kind of marrying those two things as quasi has been doing this whole time with the competitive and the rebuilds re-signing cousins and then letting a youngster kind of learn behind cousins and marry it on the bench a bit there seems to be a lot of wisdom in that approach well it's interesting you say there's wisdom in that approach because I think yeah. maybe transitioning to the playoff uh, pitcher and, and football, we got to see yesterday um, yeah. a, a quarterback uh, on a team that also plays in the NFC North who got a chance to sit behind, uh, well, for whatever opinion you have of him, a very good quarterback uh, Yes, and watch and develop yep. and see what uh, he was able to do and and yesterday was certainly an interesting spot for the nfc north and so again playoffs so far we've we're recording monday and so mm-hmm. we don't know what happens uh yep. in the monday games uh but have been able to see the playoff football so far to be honest not great games until you get to to last night's game yeah. with uh yeah with Detroit, right uh in the ram point um, yeah right right but maybe I can ask this just as we transition to this. And I think one of the things we didn't do last week, which now we'll maybe do this week, which feels a little bit like cheating uh, because we've already seen part of yeah. the, the first round, but we'll give some predictions maybe about uh, Super Bowl winners. Um, how do you feel as you like evaluate the NFC North at this yeah. point, um, seeing what both Detroit and Green Bay did yesterday, seeing that you have the same record as Chicago uh, coming out of the yep. season and they've got both pick number one and pick number nine in this upcoming draft. Uh, yeah. I think right. it's fair to say coming into the season, it felt like the NFC North, given that there was an understanding that Detroit was likely going to win the, the division title or, or was the favorites to, uh, mm-hmm. it feels like this has become a lot more competitive. And so I guess, to make this about mm-hmm. the Vikings, because that's what we're here to do. Kind of, what's your what what's kind of your assessment of this team and and what they need to do, given the fact that so much of this is imp- it's important to to look around and, and understand that the division is it's where you're going to play the bulk of your games. You you play them twice uh, each, yep. and you're in direct competition for uh, playoff spots and division titles. Yeah. So the most, yeah, basically what you're saying is, is right. I think so. Like the most immediate context and the most immediate hurdle for getting into the playoffs is your own division. Right. right. And if you, if you just are proved yourself to be a superior team to the other three teams, you are guaranteed to be in the playoffs and better, better yet, you're guaranteed to host at least one game. Right. I know that's obvious, but like when team building, that is a critical context guaranteed. That's a huge deal in the GM's mind and in the head coach's mind as well. Like that, that's the first most basic context, right? And again, going back to the pressure a little bit, you know, Quasi Dolphomensa did say several times this is a big offseason, right? His words, like he literally talked about how this is a huge offseason. And since he took over, so he began the job, I believe, just going off memory, January 26, 2022. So we're coming up now in the two year anniversary in a matter of two weeks or so, less than two weeks, right? And so when he took the job, we could basically always see that 2024 was going to be a critical year in this kind of transition. You can kind of see like a lot of the deals are kind of naturally coming to an end or a lot of the deals he originally signed were for only two, three years, like say Jordan Hicks. Right. And 
and like Harrison Phillips has one more year left on his deal, but you know what I mean? He could be cut for a fair bit of savings, right? Cap wise. And so we kind of always see there's going to be, you know, some significant stuff going on. And then, you know, Cousins being an obvious one, right? And Jefferson extension and what we just talked about, right? So 2024 offseason, always going to be a major moment. Kwesi basically reiterating and reconfirming what we're all seeing. And then there's this broader context of Chicago already. So they bottomed out. Like they did the traditional rebuild. They bottomed out. And they kind of already matched you in record. Now, you might massage that fact a little bit and say, well, Minnesota dealt with the injuries and Chicago's adversity and turmoil wasn't quite at the same level. Maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. But the fact of the matter is 7-10, 7-10. And then Green Bay and Detroit both finished ahead of you, both got into the playoffs, and now have both won a game. So Green Bay is locked into San Francisco. And then Detroit is going to host a playoff game either against Philly or Tampa Bay. Right. And so we'll see what the outcome is of tonight's game for that. Uh, but the possibility is there of an all NFC North NFC championship. Right. The chance of Green Bay beating San Francisco are like close to none. But most people would have said that for Dallas. Right. And look, look what happened there. Who, who would have foreseen uh, Green Bay going on the road and dropping 48 points on what is legitimately a very good defense in Dallas? Right. So, you know, the playoffs are weird. And you really don't have to be the better team. You just have to be the better team that day. You know what I mean? Like football is a weekly matchup with a single game. It's not a best of seven series. Am I better than you today? And if I am, then I'm going on. Right? And it's, it's like it's really that simple in a lot of ways. And so add it all together, and you maybe have a bit of a concerning situation for the Vikings in a sense, right? In that it felt like there was this transition moment. Once Aaron Rodgers is gone, right? Now big brother. Green Bay Packers seemingly have a much more humble spot in the North, right? But I mean, with Jordan Love playing the way that he has been, Detroit actually living up the expectations for once in their life, you know, all this stuff kind of coalescing. And then basically what you're saying with that elite draft capital over Chicago alongside, um, you know, the cap space as well, the Vikings are maybe in a bit of a precarious situation, right? And it's like, so that right now they've got about 26.6 million in cap space. They've got nine draft picks. Again, we'll talk about this next week. Um, they've got talent on the roster. But their their most immediate competition right now all look to be in a really good spot. I mean, in D- Detroit in particular, like their lead dudes in their team, like Panay Sewell, Ali McNeil, Aiden Hutchinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, these are all draft picks. Everyone in draft picks. And I, they've, they've added some, like, you know, they've added some other players here. Goff obviously was trade. They signed Sutton at corner. Um, Gardner Johnson is safe. Like, there's been other additions, other ways of bringing in talent. But the work that Brad Holmes has done, their GM, drafting, like, I wonder if St. Brown was not picked top five. He was picked in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken. Right? So it's like one, it's, it's one thing to nail the Aiden Hutchinson pick and to get a great pass rusher. It's another thing to get a WR1 in the fifth rounds which is basically what the Vikings did with Stephon Diggs, right? Like, like the Vikings fans should know how important that is, right? And then, you know, still have some cap space and some picks. Sam Laporta, who's chosen a tight end to replace TJ Hawkinson, was a second-team All-Pro. So the Vikings traded with the Lions, sent out a second and a third, got Hawkinson and a pair of fourths back. The Lions then picked Sam Laporta, who's now done something that Hawkinson has never done make an all-pro team, and doing it at a fraction of the price, and he's younger as well. So, 
you know, do what you want with those facts, but those are all facts, right? Yeah. And so it's it's just this this context is a little bit uh not concerning, but again, it goes back to the idea of this is a major offseason. Like, dude, if you don't nail it, if you sign a Marcus Davenport and a Dean Lowry again and, and have a draft class similar to 2022, the Vikings are gonna get behind in a hurry. Uh they need they need to kind of really crush some of these decisions right how are you looking at it yeah i i agree like i think um i think that there is almost sometimes a bit of a mindset where you do hope that things are going to be easier for your team uh you almost hope that the competition isn't going to be as great and it gives you a little bit of margin for error but i like i enjoy it especially you look at a team like detroit and chicago both have been bad for some time. Against Detroit's been rising uh, late, and again had a yep. had a really good year this year and a great game yesterday. Uh, but I think it is gonna it's gonna challenge the Vikings to be able to show what they are. And I do kind of wonder what happens. Um, I, I, I my sense is that the Vikings are still they're gonna try to be competitive and continue this yeah. as much as you. Some may not like it, the competitive rebuild and, and continue to do this. Um, but I think this this makes the NFC North a lot of fun. And uh, a lot of fun. Absolutely. And it, the, the fun thing is that no matter what Chicago decides to do, uh, I, I can't see them trading the pick, but maybe that's a bit of a larger uh, story. We'll see it. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to get a chance to watch some really good players play football uh, continually. And so that will be uh, that will be interesting. But mm-hmm. uh, let let's transition here to just ta- wrapping up with some predictions. And so the first we're going to do just talk a little bit very briefly about playoff predictions. And typically, what we've yep. done is we've chosen one team that you're cheering for uh, in each conference and one team that you actually believe is going to win. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so again, we've got four teams that have been eliminated already. Um, from this because of the games on the weekend, but maybe mm-hmm. let's start start in the AFC. Why don't you give me the team that you're cheering for again? Not necessarily the one that you yeah. think is going to win, but team you're cheering for, and then maybe your your winner. Um, so team I'd be cheering for, and it's kind of lame now in a sense because it doesn't really apply. But I did kind of like cheering for the Bills because Leslie Frazier was there. As he's not there anymore, but he was their DC until recently. And uh, I always kind of like seeing him do well. I uh, don't mind Josh Allen at all. I think he's a pretty good player. And I think he's kind of fun to watch. So I would not be at all displeased to see the Bills do well. And maybe I'll just stick with that. Maybe I'll say I'd cheer for, cheer for them to do well in the AFC. but And I think they will do well by representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. That's my my double whammy. Where, where are you at? Okay, that's interesting. I like when that matches up um yeah oh yeah there you go yeah sure. when you and you just end up doing it, and it also gives me more teams to make sure i don't overlap because exactly get, that's right you you reached out to me this weekend just asking who i was cheering for and i can get behind a lot of teams in the the playoffs here um yep i i i like a lot of a lot of the teams that are left they all get different redeeming factors uh i think team cheering for at this point uh houston is a lot of fun and i'm i Pretty kind of fun you know what like yeah. It, yeah, if fun. Buffalo wins today, which I would anticipate they do, uh, it's going to be a tough match against the Chiefs uh, next week. But 
Houston and Baltimore uh, going head to head. If that's the case, um, I'm, yeah. Houston's my team that I would like to win. Team I think is going to win. And again, maybe this is just the recency bias, but uh, the Kansas City Chiefs looked really good. Wow. Well um, and yeah, so, it was against Miami. Miami outside. I, I don't know. I just, it's hard. I, 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 I agree. They looked better, but it, I, I don't know. Well, so that that's where that's where I'll go again. It's All not right. about it's not about what I want. It's just about being right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. Let, let's move over right. to the NFC. Uh, who are you cheering for? And this is an interesting one because you've got uh, it's been narrowed down a little bit and yeah. got some division rivals. Yeah. Here. It's again, it's kind of a cop out. I'll, I'll say San Francisco for both. Right. I do like Kyle Shanahan. Um, I love the way they've built their team. I've talked about this before. If if GM Kyle was in charge, he would just load up on pass rushers. You know, like there is no end in sight. You know, just keep adding dudes to the front who could get after the quarterback. And that's kind of what San Francisco has done, right? I think it's super, super fun. I think the only thing that's been standing in their way recently has been injury, right? And, and I think if they're healthy, they have as good a chance as anybody, if not better. So my thinking is that they're going to face the Lions in the NFC Championship game. And they're going to win. They're going to they're going to be the NFC North killer. They're going to go ahead and and beat the Packers, and then they're going to go ahead and beat the Lions and take on the Bills in the Super Bowl. That's kind of what I think is going to happen. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Well, I I could be swayed in a few different directions here in terms of who I'm cheering for. I I I am interested tonight. I've I think we've said a couple of times. I I'm a Baker Mayfield fan, so I would enjoy for Tampa Bay to do something. I also wouldn't mind seeing Detroit do well in the playoffs. And yeah. like, I think that they've been so bad for so long that there is almost a part of you. It's like, it would be nice for this team to do well. And, and yeah. I'll say this, that again, you don't want your rivals necessarily you're not cheering them on, but I do think from a mentality standpoint of a team, if Detroit did go on and have great success and and even somehow pulled out a Super Bowl. You it almost turns down the temperature a little bit on the hungriness of a team. Again, that's maybe a bit of a maybe, maybe. A that's interesting. Like just a bit yeah. almost like they they did the thing that they wanted to do. Um, right, may make them uh, make different decisions moving forward. Uh, yeah, but, but I'll let I'll stick with one answer. I'll say Detroit. Uh, I've talked about them enough. I'll I'm. That's not about who I think is going to win because I think I agree with you. It's hard to see San Francisco not doing this. Um, These guys are really good, really good. And uh, I, you want you want the best teams to be there in at the end. I, mm-hmm. I think hoping hoping for some better playoff football because uh, yeah, so far yeah. it hasn't been fantastic. Again, last night's game was more so what you hope to see, especially on. Uh, the wildcard yep. weekend, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, there is something kind of entertaining though about Dallas just once again, just falling completely flat. All the hype and such a talented team, so much talent, and at critical spots too. You know what I mean? Like receiver and edge rusher and offensive tackle and all this stuff, and then just same yeah. old Dallas, just same old, just imploding. Um, yeah, just yeah. classic Dallas. Yeah, yep. Uh, and maybe just quickly as we wrap up here again, w- one thing I hinted at last week is maybe looking back in some predictions. Uh, one thing we yeah. predicted uh, standings for the Vikings. 
Uh, you had said 10-7. I, I said 10-7. Did but I say 10-7? Did... You did okay. say 10-7. I leaned. I said 10-7 feels like the easy answer. And I said more likely to be 9-8 and eight versus 11-6. Uh, and six. and yeah, I'm, I'm closer to it. So uh, congrats again to me. Um, yeah. But uh, you also wrote over on Purple PTSD some five, le- five oddly uh, specific yeah. statistical Vikings predictions. And I know you circled back uh, to this uh, late last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good record. Anything that stand out to you? Maybe I just briefly read them out. Um, sure. And Jordan Hicks has at least 34 blitzes in 2023. Again, smash that. Uh, smash it. Kirk Cousins gets sacked 30 times or less. He did it um, with a 36 times or less. 36. 30, sorry, did I say 38? You said 30, I believe. 36 oh, times or less. Okay, sorry. Yeah. 36 times or less. Um, yeah. If you prorate that number versus what he had, it is like right on that line. So pretty darn close. Pretty, pretty darn, darn close. close. Um, but incomplete. Uh, Greg Joseph exceeds 90% of his extra points. Um, did it. I think the number is 36 for 38, uh, it's like 94.7%. Correct. Uh, so it did well. Harrison Smith has at least eight tackles for loss. Uh, didn't reach that. I think it was like two or three, two. Two, I believe. Two. Uh, and then Josh Metellus plays more than 516 snaps on defense, and he smashed that uh, as well, over double it. Uh, so yep. congrats, congrats, to, uh, congrats to you. The only thing that. that's a little bit bittersweet there, so Hicks and Metallus were technically right. And I was, with those oddly specific stats, I was predicting, so for 34 blitzes, that would be twice or or above what he how much he blitzed in, in 2022, which was 17 times. So times up by two, 34, he'll, more, he'll, he'll hit double or, or exceed double. And in 13 games, he got to 89. So... The, the embarrassing part a little bit, yeah, I was right, but it was like so modest in comparison to what he actually did and then ditto for Metellus. You know what I mean? I, I basically just took his snaps from 2022, doubled it, and said, yeah, he's going to hit this or exceed it. And in reality, he cleared 1,000, right? So again, 516 or whatever the, the official number was, whatever I, I put down there, it ended up being right, but it was just so – it ended up being almost inaccurate in that it was way too modest. Um, so technically there were some correct ones in there, but then even the couple correct ones were like, you know, this was actually quite modest compared to what really transpired. Yeah. And I guess it depends on if you want to go bold predictions versus oddly specific predictions. Yeah. Right. And right, you've done right. the bold prediction route before. And, and that, uh, again, you have a chance to really, uh, take a victory lap there or, or look mm-hmm. a little bit foolish but I, I think at the start of the season for you to double a number of what you you've done versus it's blitz or snaps uh yeah played, i i think it just speaks to a great especially for Metellus, a great season uh for him and, and also i think also just highlights um an encouraging defense uh for the vikings and even just seeing some of these guys uh activated yeah, go ahead. Final thing I'll say. Final thing I'll say on that. We didn't talk with with the presser. Kevin O'Connell basically said Flores is coming. Back. Well, like he he basically. I mean, he didn't say Brian Brian Flores is coming back, but he basically, in reflecting on Flores, he said one, I couldn't be happier about the decision I made to hire that dude. Two, credit to him and his coaching staff for the amazing job they did. Three, can't wait to see where he's going to bring us in year two. 
right? So and and while and while he was saying that three, he can't wait to see where he's going to bring us, i.e., or therefore he's going to be still employed in Minnesota. He also says with some greater depth and some greater personnel. So not only is Flores coming back, says Mr. Ko. Mr. Ko also says that there's going to be some greater talent. Therefore, you know, look to free agency in the draft for what kind of and may, and maybe the trade market to see what kind of talent they can bring in. So that's exciting thing. Yeah. Well, again, I th- at one point it looked like it was basically impossible to think that he was coming back, and maybe a bit yeah. of a silver lining for them tripping over their own feet uh, at the end of the season. Um, also, yeah. at the same time, it sounds like Flores even. Again, I don't know. It, it's surprising that his name hasn't come up in, in head coaching yeah. positions, but it does seem like signs are pointing towards him sticking around, which is, is a great thing yeah. for the Vikings. It's it's an excellent, excellent thing for the Vikings. Um, yeah, we'll, we can talk more about that later. The, the Especially, fair back. Him, him, him sticking around is a good thing for the Vikings. Yeah, even just to have continuity is... Uh, like, for them to have continuity right. at, the, at, the, at that position is... Uh, think, think about Zim. And all the offensive coordinators, and now then you have the potential with Kevin O'Connell now doing the same thing with defensive coordinators, like Bizarro, right? So just that that the continuity point is is an important one. Um, Zim constantly lost OCs rather due to failure or due to success, getting hired away or needing to be fired because they didn't do as well. Yeah. And the, that potential was there to start with KO, and and it, it looks like at least for a year that's not going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, we'll wrap up there. Um, appreciate everyone listening. Like Kyle said, next episode we'll have a little bit of a uh, an assessment on kind of where the Vikings stand at this point. Yeah, and, and be yeah, able yeah. to to do that. So appreciate everyone for listening. Again, uh, Kyle said things are busy. Go check out Vikings coverage, VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTSD.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye.